God has given us a book, the Bible. This book is the very words of God, and it gives us perfect truth from God. And God promises that when we read this book, when we study this book, when we pray over this book, He will teach us who He is and how to be completely forgiven for all of our sins through Jesus. He'll teach us that. He will give us faith and strengthen our faith when it's weak. He will give us power over sin, freeing us from sin. None of us can free ourselves from our sin, but through this word, He empowers us progressively through our lives, giving us more and more power over sin. He gives us the heart-satisfying joy of knowing Him, and He gives us life in His Son, Jesus Christ. So there's powerful, powerful work that God wants to do in us through His Word. Now, think of what would happen if, if all of us here in Grace Church were experiencing in us regularly what God wants to do through the Scriptures. Think of the joy and the, the power that would be present in our lives. And about the, the love and the forgiveness and the compassion that would be in our marriages, in our families, in our friendships, in our home groups. Think of the, the beauty and the peace that would just shine from us in our workplaces, which can be very tense at times. Think of how the workplaces would be transformed. Think of the, the freedom, the progressive freedom from sin we'd experience, how bold we'd be in sharing the gospel. Think of the glory that would come to Jesus Christ in Abu Dhabi. If all of us are experiencing regularly what God wants to do in our hearts through His Word, that would be a glorious thing. But Satan hates that idea. And he works very hard to close this book, back on the shelf, collecting dust, being ignored. That's what he works very hard to do. So, for example, you've experienced this. When you sit down to read the Bible, open up and start, and suddenly you start thinking, I wonder if that friend posted something on Facebook, right? Or what's the latest on Instagram? Or Satan's bringing those thoughts into our mind to try to draw us away. Just, let's, let me just check that out a little bit here. Or when we start reading, we can come up against verses we just don't understand, right? It happens to all of us. And Satan wants that to discourage us, so we just say, I, I guess it just isn't for me. It's not going to work. Or we start reading, and then we find something that we struggle to believe. Like, really? And Satan wants to let that doubt and that unbelief make us think, I'm just not spiritual enough to, to be reading the Bible. It's not for me. Or how many times has this happened? You're reading the Bible and you find a command that you think, I'm not sure I could ever do that. I'm just really not sure that, that, that I'm supposed to be reading this book. This is, it's not connecting for me. Or maybe even more common, Satan loves to have us just get into a routine where we settle for reading the Bible regularly, maybe a chapter a day, but there's no expectation of receiving anything from it. We're just checking the box, doing our duty, getting it done out of the way so we can get on with our lives. Satan wants to shut down 
what God intends to do in our hearts through His Word. That's His intention. That's what He's working on doing. Now, here's the good news. God loves us. God loves you. He loves me. And He helps us. And He tells us what to do in the Bible. And one of the passages is the one we're going to study this morning. Psalm 119, verses 33 to 40. So go ahead and turn there. We're concluding this morning our series on learning to pray from the book of Psalms by learning how to pray about our times reading God's Word. How should we pray about our times reading God's Word? Now, before we dig into the passage, we've got to lay a foundation. Some of you might be wondering, and it's a crucial question to ask, how is it possible for me who has sinned against God, we all have, grievously, how is it possible for me to be able to pray and have God welcome prayers from someone like me? One of the most important questions you can ask. Now, man-made religions would tell us that what we need to do is to try to be good enough to pay God back for the bad we've done. And once we've evened the scales out, then we can start praying. That is not what Jesus taught. That is not truth from God. That is impossible. The truth is that God has himself made a way, just like we sang about and celebrated with communion. God has made a way for us to be forgiven. God came to earth in the person of Jesus, the God-man, and he died on the cross. He paid for the sins of everyone who will trust him as Savior, as Lord, as all-satisfying treasure. And so because you're trusting Jesus, this is the best news in the world. All those sins, I mean, you lost patience while you're driving this morning, whatever it might be, because you're trusting Jesus, all your sins are forgiven. And so whenever you pray, God hears your prayers. God welcomes your prayers. God is smiling as you're asking Him for help, and God will answer those prayers. So because you're trusting Jesus, God's going to hear these prayers that we're praying. And as you pray these prayers, your experience of God's Word can be transformed. Let's take a look. Start with verse 33. Let's read to verse 40, and then we'll go through verse by verse. Verse 33, the psalmist writes, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Now, these eight verses contain six prayers that we should pray about our times in the words. So let's go through them one at a time. And I want you to be thinking, do I pray this regularly? If not, add it into your list 
Start praying it regularly. So the first request is, ask God to help you understand His Word. That's in verses 33 to 34, but before you look at those verses, think about this. See, there's times, we've all experienced this, when, when you open up the Bible and read a passage, but you just, you just don't get it, right? It makes no sense. And there can be lots of reasons for this. Sometimes Satan just plain confuses us. Sometimes our sin can blind us. We don't, we don't want to understand that passage. Or sometimes we haven't read carefully enough. We've missed something, or we haven't read the, the whole context before and after. We all have times when we read the Bible and don't understand something. So here's my question. What do you do at those times? What do you do? Do you give up? Close the Bible? Satan wants to discourage you with the fact that you don't understand those scriptures so that you just move on to something else and give up. So what should we do? We should pray the prayer of verses 33 to 34. Look at those verses again. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Notice, the psalmist is asking God, teach me your word. Help me to understand the scriptures, Lord. And the reason that he asks God is because he knows he often struggles, like we all do. And because he knows that when he asks God, God will teach him. Jot down 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 7, where Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, think over what I say, what I'm saying in my, in my letter. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. You think and pray, and God will teach us His Word. God will stop Satan's work of confusing us, if that's the issue, or he will stop sin from blinding us to what's being said in the Word, or God will help us to see something in the passage that maybe we haven't noticed. Maybe God will direct you to a friend who will help you see it, or a, a commentary of, of, from Scripture, a book written about that passage that will help you. When we don't understand God's Word, when we ask God, teach me your Word, He will. I mean, I've experienced this so many times even this last week, but I mean, just numerous times when I'm studying the Bible for myself or preparing for a sermon, whatever, I'm, and I'm just stuck, if I will stop and say, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes. Give me understanding. Teach me your word again and again and again. I'll, I'll see something in the passage I hadn't noticed. Oh, there, there's the key. That, that opens it up. Or I'll find a commentary or somebody help me, whatever it might be, but the Lord will always Give us what we need. He will always teach us, give us understanding. He promises. So next time you are reading the Scriptures and you come upon something you don't understand, don't get discouraged. Don't give up. We all experience that. Psalm 119, 33-40 was written for those of us who experienced that. Ask God, teach me. Help me to see. Teach me, help me to understand, and he will. Second prayer. Ask God to help you obey his word. This is such good news. That's in the next verse. This is important because I'm sure we've all had times, I mean, haven't you, if you're honest, when you're, you're reading the scriptures and you come up to a command and you just say, I, 
I could never do that. That's just impossible for me. Maybe it's um, love your enemies. Ah. Or forgive everyone who hurts you. You're thinking, well, I, I can't forgive that person, right? We all have times like that where we read the Scriptures, we think, that's impossible. Just can't do it. So how do you respond when you find those commands that feel impossible to obey? What do you do? Do you think, I'm just not spiritual enough for this? I think I'm just going to give up on reading the Bible? That would be tragic because that's exactly what Satan wants to do. He wants to take this book which was open and just shut it. Put that away. That's his goal, to discourage you. But what, what we should do is pray verse 35. Look at this prayer. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. So when the psalmist asks God to lead him in this path, he's saying, help me to obey. I don't have the power in me to do this command. Strengthen me to to walk this path of obedience to this commandment here, which right now feels so hard for me. Help me, strengthen me, enable me. And the reason he wants God to do that, he says at the end of that verse, is for I delight in that path. Do you delight in the path of obeying the Lord? Why should you delight in that path? It's because that path will give you more joy than anything else in the world can give you because it's on that path of obeying the Lord that you'll experience the presence of God, that you'll know the love of Christ being poured into your heart. It's on that path that you will have the greatest joy in the universe. That's why we delight in that path. And the good news is that when we ask God to help us, He will help us get on that path and stay on that path. None of us walks on that path perfectly, right? We all are walking and then, and then we're confessing and we're back on. We're, right? That's just, but the point is, He will help us keep getting back up on that path and keep going and we will have the delight that He promises to give us on that path path. I mean, just let this sink in. When you ask God to help you obey, when you earnestly, fervently ask God, help me to obey, He will help you to obey that person. He will. He'll give you more boldness to share the gospel. He will. See, the Christian life isn't you muscling your way up to do all these things. The Christian life is you saying, help! And He will come and help. He will help you to be more generous. He will help you to battle those lustful thoughts. He will help you to love Jesus more. So when you are reading the Scriptures and you find commands that feel impossible to you, don't let that discourage you about the Bible. Read that as an invitation to ask God to change you, an invitation to ask God to help you, an invitation to ask God to help you get on that path, and He will. That's the second request. Third, ask God to help you desire His Word. That's in the next two verses, verses 36 and 37. See, if we really understood what this book is, that through these scriptures, God will teach us who He is and how we can be completely forgiven through Jesus, how we'll know the joy of His presence, how we can have power over sin, how we'll have life in knowing Jesus Christ, If we really understood that, then we would desire this book more than anything else in the world. 
we really understood what this is, the Bible, God's very words. But so often we don't desire this book more than anything else in the world, right? We all battle that. We open up our Bibles, ready to get some time in the Word, and start to wonder about the stock markets. I mean, let me just check that really quick here, you know, or how's your cricket team doing, right? Or did your friend answer your WhatsApp you sent yesterday? Let me just check that real quick here. And, and then one thing leads to another, and it, oh my goodness, I, maybe tomorrow, right? And Satan's just like, yes. Easy to happen, right? We get drawn into desiring other things. We're distracted. So what can we do? Pray verses 36 and 37. Pray this before you read the Bible, while you're reading the Bible, after you read the Bible. Pray this all the time. Verse 36, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. See, when I am more interested in the news than the Bible or checking my email than the Bible, sin is blinding me at that moment. I'm a blind man right then. Blind. It's blind, right? I mean, how on earth could I desire those things more than this? It's because of sin. It's blinding me. That's what happens to us. But see, God has the power to set you and me free from sin's blindingness, blinding power. God has the power to do that, and God will do that. Do you understand that, that God can change your heart? When you are sitting there with the Bible open and you're just really wanting to do something else, it's like I suddenly feel really motivated to like clean my desk, or maybe, maybe the trash needs to be taken out, right? It's, just, it's a crazy thing. Crazy things come into your mind when you're ready to read the Bible. Come on. You experience that, don't you? Right? Suddenly I get motivated to like balance the checkbook or something. It's like, what's that coming from? That's sin blinding me. But God can change our hearts at those times. The God of the universe changes hearts. Let me just give you an illustration from John Newton. Uh, most of you have heard his name, but he's the man who wrote the song Amazing Grace. And John Newton, uh, in his earlier years, was a wicked godless man. He was a captain of a slave ship. If you can imagine wickedness. But he cried out to God to forgive him and to change him. And what happened? Here's what he wrote in his journal. This is amazing. He says, I began to taste the joys of communion with God. Whoa, brand new experience for him. My desire for worldly diversions was much weakened, and my strongest desires were toward the things of God. God changed the heart of John Newton from being a godless captain of a slave ship to being a man who loved the Scriptures, loved communion with God. So no matter how little desire you have for reading the Word of God, ask God to change your heart. Ask Him to change your heart. Say, God, incline my heart to your testimonies right now. 
Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. Give me life in your ways. Ask God to do that. And then start reading. Don't, don't sit back and say, okay, change me. No change yet. Change me. This is how he changes you. He will give your thirsty heart a drink of the living water that comes from beholding Jesus in the pages of Scripture. And it's like, oh, there we go. That, that's what I was looking for. That's what I need. So pray and read and pray some more and read some more. God will change your heart. He will meet you. Fourth, ask God to strengthen your faith in His Word. It's in the next verse, verse 38. And again, like I said earlier, we've all had times where we start to read the Bible and you come up against like a, a promise or something is said and you're not sure you believe it. You have doubts. I mean, will God really do that for me? How's that possible? My problems are just too big, or whatever it might be. And see, we all experience that because Satan loves to fill our minds with doubts. He loves to do that. So what do you do when that happens to you? It happens to all of us. What do you do when that happens? Do you just give up? Close your Bible? Say, I guess I'm not a very good Christian. I knew it. Forget it. I've got so much unbelief. Don't do that. Instead, pray, verse 38. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Confirm your servant to your promise. God, confirm your promise to me. Now, there's lots of ways God can do that. He can have others encourage you that promises are true. Isn't fellowship helpful where somebody says, listen, God will never leave you or forsake you. And so often the Holy Spirit will use somebody else speaking a promise to you. It's like, that's right. That's so true. He never will. He can have us remember how he's kept his promises to us in the past, right? Remember this situation and this seemingly impossible situation and this seemingly hopeless situation and how he was faithful, faithful, faithful. Okay, he'll do it again. He also can meet us so powerfully in that promise. So it's like he's right there speaking that very promise to us. I was, I was fearful about something a little while back in just Isaiah 41.10. And it was like, God, God was, fear not, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you. I am your God, Fuller. I'm your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will hold you up. There's times when, as you pray this and as you read the Scriptures, it will be like God is, because well, He is. God is speaking those words to you. And you'll feel that that's the reality. And you'll know. So God will come and confirm the promises. God will come and strengthen your faith. He will. Some of us think that, that God's like, you know, you're, you're here, you're trying to, but your faith is so weak. Why don't you just go do something else for a while until your faith gets stronger and then come back, okay? Get your faith stronger then come on back when you're a little stronger. It's not what God does. We can't do that. But He can do that. So when our faith is weak, He wants us to come to Him. Say, my faith is weak. Help me. Strengthen me. And He will. Just like that prayer in verse 38 is teaching us. 
Picture your faith like just this little spark. Instead of a blazing fire, it's just this little spark. Just, just, it's still lit, but oh my goodness, how much longer is it going to stay on? And you say, God, help me. Strengthen my faith. He'll just, just breathe on it. Add a little tinder to it. Add a little more. Pretty soon it will be burning with faith. That's what he will do for you. Don't think he can't strengthen your faith. He specializes in strengthening the faith of weak people. He wants to do that for you regularly, and he will. So pray that prayer in verse 38. Fifth, ask God to protect you from what would take you from his word. That's in the next verse, verse 39. Now I have to confess, this verse was not easy for me to understand. I had to pray a lot, teach me your word, teach me verse 38 or verse 39. What does it mean? I think I've got it. I'm about 70% sure, okay? You study it. We can talk some more. Here's what the verse says. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Now, I think that the reproach he's talking about is mockery from other people. Because that same Hebrew word reproach is often used in the book of Psalms to describe mockery from the godless. So I think he's asking God, don't let me be mocked by people because your rules are good and I don't want people's mockery to make me turn away from your good rules. In other words, he's saying, keep me from anything, mockery or whatever it might be, keep me from anything that would make me turn away from your word. We should ask God to do that. That's crucial because Satan is constantly bringing things into our minds, into our lives, which he hopes will pull us away from the word of God, right? Some new hobby, some new show on Netflix, whatever it might be. Satan's constantly bringing things into our lives, trying to, maybe this will pull them away. Maybe that'll pull them away. Oh God, protect me from things that could take me away from your word. So when we pray and ask God, protect us in this way, there will be times where he will keep us from those things or take them away when they come or strengthen us as we go through them, whatever it might be, but he will protect us. He will keep us on the path in his word, which means we'll continue to receive all that he has for us from the word. One last request. Ask God to give you life in his word. Give me life in your word. Verse 40. Think about it like this. We, we've all heard stories of people, haven't we, who open up the Bible and they, and they read, and as they're reading, it's like, it's like the heavens are opening up, the angels are singing, God's love is being poured into their hearts, right? They're beholding the glory of Jesus. It's just this amazing, powerful moment of meeting God. We've all heard stories like that, right? And there you sit. <laughs> reading, feeling very weak spiritually, right? We all experience that, don't we? Often. That's what's being talked about here. When that happens, Satan wants you to give up. Maybe say, I'll try again tomorrow. It's not going to happen today, obviously. Or maybe just give up entirely. It's what Satan wants to do. But what God wants you to do is to pray verse 40. Behold, I long for your precepts 
in your righteousness, give me life. Oh God, I long for your precepts. I long to meet you in your word. But right now I'm feeling nothing. It's just I'm lifeless spiritually. But Lord, in your righteousness, in your mercy, in your compassion, give me life now as I read. Give me life now as I study your word. Give me life as I soak in your scriptures. Come and give me life. And as you pray and read and study and then pray some more, give me life and read some more and study some more, he will give you life. He will do that. It might be a a river, an outpouring of living water just flooding your soul. It might be that. Or it might just be a little trickle. Okay? God knows exactly what we need when we need it. But see, even just a trickle of God's love pouring into your heart through the Scriptures is far more satisfying than anything else in the world. Far more satisfying. Now, James says, we have not because we ask not. And that's true for this too. There's many times where we have no life because we haven't asked God for life. Are you settling for lifeless reading of God's Word? Don't, don't do that. There's life in this book. There's life by the Spirit coming into our souls. So ask God, give me life. Give me life. Now, here's an example from Helen Rosevere. Helen Rosevere was a missionary medical doctor serving in the 1960s in the Democratic Republic of Congo during a time of great political instability and and danger. She writes an example of God pouring a river of his life into her heart. This is just amazing. But let this raise the bar for what's possible. Make you hungry, okay? Thirsty. Here's what she wrote. I had four amazing days spent in the presence of the Lord. It is hard to describe the preciousness of that week, utterly given over to the influence of the Holy Spirit speaking through the pages of Holy Scripture. Got that? Pages of Holy Scripture. Four days, the Holy Spirit speaking to her through the pages of Holy Scripture. I had a tremendous, overwhelming sense of His presence, a deep awe and wonder. I met him. (laughs) Don't you love that? Oh, Lord. Give me life, Lord. There's life for you. Give me life. Do you pray that? We have not because we ask not. Don't ask not. Ask, and you'll have. He'll give us exactly what we need. So there's the six requests from this passage. So what does this mean for us? God has given us His Word, which will strengthen us, empower us over sin, fill us with joy and peace, teach us who God is. This book, powerful things will happen in our lives through the Word of God. And Satan wants to shut this down, right? Book's open. He wants to shut this book by discouraging us, or by distracting us. 
He has dozens of ways he tries to do that. But when we understand what's going on, that's Satan, discouraging, distracting, uh uh-uh. And when we pray, God will help you understand his word. God will strengthen you to obey his word. Get up on the path. God will change your heart so you desire his word. He will deepen, establish your faith in him through the word. He'll protect you from what could have taken you away from his word. And he will give you life in his word. When you pray, that's what will happen. Distractions are coming. Discouragements are coming. Uh Uh-uh. I'm going to pray. And God will work. So think about it like this. You as an individual desperately need what God promises to give through the Scriptures. You need what God promises. And Grace Church, we all need each other to be regularly receiving what God promises to give us through the Scriptures. You need it individually, and we all need each other to be receiving what God promises to give. And Grace Church Abu Dhabi desperately needs us, God's people, to be receiving what God promises through the Word. Abu Dhabi does not need us walking around lifeless. Abu Dhabi needs us to be people full of life, joy, peace, power, knowledge, faith, and that will come to us as we are in the Scriptures. Abu Dhabi needs that because then we will be speaking the truth of Jesus and shining with the glory of Jesus, and that's what Abu Dhabi needs. So, don't let Satan shut that down. Pray, 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 and God will answer. He will answer. He promises. Let's stand together. I want to pray this over us. Father, I ask that you would strengthen each of us in the Word. So much you want to give us through the Word today, tomorrow, this week, every day. Lord, help us not to give up. Help us not to get discouraged. Help us to understand what's going on when we're distracted. And Lord, help us to pray. You are there because of Jesus' forgiveness. You are there welcoming every prayer, smiling when we bring you every prayer, ready to help us with every need that we have. Lord, help us to pray, to pray, to pray. And then as you promise, give us life and everything we need through the word for our joy, for the upbuilding of our brothers and sisters, and for your glory to spread through Abu Dhabi. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.